0: Go to the slash transistor and check it out.
1: Support our show and support your own show by going to the slash transistor. Start growing your podcast today.
2: It's showtime, folks. Enjoy the show.
1: Good morning, uh, gentlemen. Morning, uh, happy Saturday morning. matinee to you both.
0: <laughs> Good morning. Here we are again
1: um i i worry that we're gonna miss that joke uh, at at the end and so let's just say this next week we're gonna be talking about star trek first contact and we have just realized andy that the movie is actually about what
0: <laughs> about jordy's new eyewear <laughs> his first <laughs> contacts <laughs> <laughs> that's what the title is referring to Funny the second time. (laughs) It is still. I
1: had no idea.
0: It's a Uh, very subtle title.
2: (laughs) Very subtle. Don't do that because you can't do a spit take drinking coffee in front of your laptop. That's dangerous. Don't do that to me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God.
1: Um, Oh, uh, all right. So we need to talk about a a couple of bits of, of ketchup we never talk about. Deaths on uh, on the show. It's pretty rare that we've talked about deaths, but Harry Dean Stanton died. You guys, mm-hmm.
0: yeah.
1: Uh, uh, so I would just like to take a moment and ask you, what's your favorite Harry Dean Stanton movie? Alien. <sighs> Me oh, too. But there yeah. are so many, so many movies. Two hundred credits.
0: Yeah, he's done a lot of great stuff. Uh, you know, he's been in some really interesting uh, David Lynch projects. Uh, you know, he's done. Um, uh, uh he was in the green mile i mean you know yeah. there's his his career was just a uh, crazy big with a huge variety uh paris texas is another one that stands out in my head as oh, an interesting one
2: escape from new york
0: yeah yeah we talked about him on escape from new york yeah. and uh um, to to movies like Last Temptation
1: of Christ, like what is Harry uh, Dean Stanton doing in that movie? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. that's, yeah. Uh, you know, Pretty in Pink, like what a yeah. what an amazing right. yeah. you know range that this guy uh, had. Of course, you know everybody says he's known for Repo Man, and I I, I guess. Yeah, it's uh, but, a
0: funny one to bring up. I mean, I it's it's certainly the cult side of things with him, yeah. but it's not something that uh, I, I, I know he's in it, but I, it's not one that I go to, I guess.
1: It's a funny thing. I think to a lot of people, Harry Dean Stanton is that face. You know, we always talk about that face, the guy with that face. You always recognize him, but you're not quite sure who he is uh until you look at his credits i mean for those of us who have such a connection to movies like alien and green mile uh it's a little bit different uh so when you see him pop up as security guard in the avengers you know yeah. it's it, it really means something like hits you square in the face but uh but he is he is an incredible character actor and i you know one of the things i posted last night i it, it after the career that guy's had and as sort of rough hewn as he is uh it, it is really uh great satisfaction that he went at 91 last night of natural causes you know uh more power to him here uh, here 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 no crazy crazy you know death saga for him he goes in peace so there you go thoughts are with uh with his family and friends uh and you did you just see brazil it like in a real oh, yeah. place oh what yeah. was that about i what did i what did i hear about that
0: well, on the other side of the valley here, there's a new, uh, well, relatively new Alamo Draft House, And, uh, you know, one of the things they're doing right now is showing a lot of old, I can't remember what the series is, like dystopian future yeah. movies and something like that. And so uh, they were showing Brazil last night, uh, the director's cut on the big screen, and it was glorious. Oh, what a great experience. Did you learn anything new about the movie?
1: Seeing it on the big screen.
0: It's always interesting seeing uh, a movie that you love so much on the big screen and you start catching things. I mean, even I, I could say the same thing about Close Encounters uh, when that played a couple weeks back and just seeing the little details that sometimes you miss when you're watching it at home on the small screen. And here just on the big screen, there's just there's so much detail, the way the sound mix hits you. Like I, I kept noticing different sounds and stuff I'm like oh, I haven't heard all that. And so it's just really exciting. Noticing these things like I noticed on on Jack's little torture table when he's getting ready to to, uh, you know, basically lobotomize Sam. There's like a little rubber bouncy ball uh-huh. and a pacifier. Yeah, <laughs> like, <what> are those <laughs> things doing on his table. How Gilliam <laughs> was sitting there.
1: That's fantastic.
0: Uh, it really treat. is. Yeah, what yeah. a treat that they're showing these. Uh, um. Go ahead. well I was gonna say and they're, they're gonna be screening metropolis uh, it'll be like a free screening sometime later this month so oh wow that's another one if I feel like driving all the way across the valley again uh, I'd love to go check that one out on the big screen
2: yeah it's the it's like the trend to get people back in theaters is you've got to be showing you know films that you know will draw them in and when you know we talked about the, how like sparse the box office is and what's out there it's like this is the way you can get people into a theater because they're You know, you know they'll show up for a movie that they want to see. I hadn't seen Brazil in probably like fifteen years, so for me it was like seeing it like for the first time again. And I don't think I'd seen the director's cut, so I have no idea what was new. But because I my recollections of Brazil are like the opening scene, the Robert De Niro disappearing in a pile of paper, and like you know the flying around stuff that, that was about oh and the desk. The, you know <laughs> that's wall. those were the, it's like that, those are my memories of brazil so i had forgotten like s- how much you know what this film was trying what this film is saying about society and bureaucracy and watching this i just thought oh my gosh this movie's 32 years old and it's still like so relevant and saying such important things that people still need to hear even more so now today i think about yeah. you know pri- personal privacy and just oh my god and consumerism just oh, it's amazing just i forgot how brilliant this film is did you re rank it steve oh yeah
1: what how did it end up after not seeing it for 15 years where is it where did it show up for you it's
2: like i think like number 32 or something like yeah. that. that did that is that a climb i assume that's a climb I, well you know i, or I it hadn't been ranked yeah before. i nuked my chart you know a couple of years ago so it, it, yeah. it ended up four and a half stars cuz it's it's yeah. still you know it's i it's <laughs> it's not perfect perfect like it is for Andy.
1: Oh, Andy, Andy, it actually it it resets the clock every time he watches it. Yeah. It, begins, it, it starts at a new number one and that's erases right. every other movie because no other movie exists.
0: Yep. I nuked my chart and all that's there is Brazil. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Nothing else matters.
1: <laughs> what, uh, what other news do we have? You want to talk about uh, numbers? How's the box office?
0: Well, it. It just it just so much better than anyone uh, had expected. I mean, it really did amazingly at the box office um, last weekend. I think it took in um, 158, uh, almost 159 million over the the course of the week, and so it's it's really just doing a great job at the box office, and it, it's you know one of those things where it's like. Uh, you know, people were questioning why they would put another horror film uh, to open one week after. And so Darren Aronofsky's mother opened and they're not expecting it to do great work. And they're expecting it to do some some stuff, but definitely not pass um, what it did. And same thing with the other new movie, American Assassin. It's like it, I know it's got its book following and stuff like that. But, you know, people are like, yeah, but it's you know, it's not trending that well it's 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 it, the the novels I guess really mostly appeal to a female audience, but they really made the the movie an r-rated male leaning action thriller so it sounds like they missed their audience target that they should have been going for with it and so they're not really expecting that to do that great either and it is on track to take the weekend again, which is really no surprise Wow
1: and is it a uh, is is it that good now you've now seen it Maybe. I have seen it. Yeah. Yeah. Is it is it
0: that good? I thought they did a fantastic job translating uh, a very hefty book for the screen, and even though they only did half of it, the kid half of it, um, they still obviously had to cut a lot of meat out of the book. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I had such a great time watching it, and you know, Bill Skarsgård uh, is the new Pennywise for me. He defines Pennywise, and he as the clown. I mean that that's like an award worthy performance. He was just so. Uh, off-putting. It made made you want to go back and watch the TV version again, right? Because it was that good. <laughs> I actually went and watched clips of it again to just to, to refresh my memory of Tim Curry as Pennywise. I was like, oh, maybe he's not quite as good as I remembered. <laughs> That's a, depressing, but you know, it is what it is.
1: Uh, Steve, you had this question in the notes uh, about what is a perfect movie.
2: Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Do you want to open to you? is
1: that is that like a conversation grenade? I don't know what your intention is. No, no. Well, there, are you pulling the pin and then I just, assume you're just going to mute out. Yeah, just go. <laughs> well, no, it
2: it tied it was, you know, sort of in the back channel conversations where it was it last I think when Andy rated Undiscovered Country as like a five-star movie and said, uh, but you know, he still had some quibbles with it." I said, "Well, how So I I'm really curious you've got Brazil as five stars. Your number one film. An Undiscovered Country, five stars, but I have some quibbles with it. So to me, a five-star film is like that you can do no better. And I can understand, you know, after watching Brazil with you, like, yes, I can see that is your five-star film. But then to put an
0: Undiscovered Country along that and say these films are equivalent to each other? Well, it's when you're ranking stuff in, in ranks of, you know, five points, you know, yeah. or you know, oh, you, technically you, you, with half points. You want a scale
2: of 100 or 1,000? 1, I need to scale. Oh, a thousand. Yeah, exactly. yeah, we need to have more decimal places.
0: <laughs> Give me
1: more. I need a bigger, bigger spread. So in your head, what you're telling me is you do go out to to three or four places. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Because, and and I would ask this question, is it possible, Steve, uh, to see a movie for the first time and know that it's a five-star film? Yes. I think, I think it is. Because see, I run into this all the time, and I always, I always write it off to, uh, to rating Hangover. Oh and yeah. Sometimes I, I really love yeah. the the movie yeah. the first time I see it, yeah. and it's fantastic, and I'll give it five stars, knowing full well that the next time I see it,
2: it may change. It'll drop to two. Okay, yeah, I can see that. It doesn't <laughs> drop to two, Steve. <laughs> no, there, there are films, there are a few that I've seen that I, I've watched first time it said, wow, this is just an amazing film. I would give this five stars. And yeah, I, I know there's some that, that don't hold up and sometimes it's that just uh, you get wrapped up in the emotional connection or response to that film. But there are some that still hold up for me. And so I I really, you know, to me, those are like my, my perfect films that I just, you know, they wowed me the first time, they continue to stay there. So like recently for me, like me and Earl and the Dying Girl, had yeah. just an tr- amazing experience seeing that film. And to me, I've seen it, I think, three or four more times. Still, love that film. Wouldn't change a thing about that perfect five-star film right mm-hmm. there. Then there's ones that, like Arrival, which just blew me away the first time. And then the second time, there's so much more to it that it just, I was like, oh, can I go to six stars on this one? Because yeah, it right. just it impressed me right out of the gate the first time with what it was accomplishing. And then each time I'm like rewarded more and more as I explore the depths of what that film is doing. That's one of the things I like so much about Letterboxd and the the indicator that I've seen it before,
1: right? And here's my rating. Because generally, if it's a five-star film and I've seen it before, that means I really feel like it's a five-star film. Like, I rated What Happened to Monday as a five-star film because I had an amazing time with that. I know full well when I watch this again that I'm going to have enough trouble with it that it's going to fall a little Uh, bit. And I'm okay with that. Yeah,
0: Yeah, it's, it's tricky. And, you know, thinking back on Star Trek VI specifically, you know, I would say probably now, uh, <laughs> the five-star came in the heat of the moment. One week later, he's got a <laughs> conversation. One week later. <laughs> one week. One. A it's week. the Brazil effect. No. Oh, for crying out loud. It probably would be four and a half. because, And I was fluctuating. I had a real fluctuation, but I, I just, I was passionate. Pete and I had a great conversation about it. And so sometimes those things do influence your rankings, but. In but retrospect- in that case, it was exactly
1: where it needs to be. Five stars is appropriate for that movie. Shut <laughs> up! Stop talking. You're ruining it. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, well, do we let's? Uh, shall we jump into trailers? Yeah, let's yeah. do our trailers.
0: All right. Who wants to go first? I'll go first. All right. Because A24 is back on the on the trailer chat. <laughs> you you
1: actually had two trailers, and I have to tell you, I'm a little bit disappointed that you didn't do the other one. Uh, are you? Yeah. I,
0: I know, Alexander Payne or, um, or this fantastic A24 film. Um, but I, I was so torn. But, you but, know, there's but something because here. you're an addict. <laughs> because I'm an addict. <laughs> I can't stop. More A24. No, I really, um, I've been waiting for the disaster artist um, for quite a while. As soon as I heard they were making it and uh, and that uh, the Franco brothers were going to be involved, I kind of got pretty excited about uh, the possibilities with this. I've never actually watched the entirety of the room. I'm one of those people who I, I probably would not want to sit and watch the whole thing because I'm sure it's just complete garbage. But I have enjoyed all of the clips that you can find all over YouTube. I the clips are so funny because it's just done so poorly and it's so strangely like it's it's people who had no no sense as to how they're actually making a movie, and now getting James Franco's take on the making of Tommy Wiseau's The Room. Uh, I mean, it just it just has me in stitches watching these these <laughs> bumbling fools trying to make their movie. And it, it's just hilarious. I, I just, I giggle with joy as I watch these people. It just, it feels very much like Ed Wood. It's these people who are just passionate about making a project. And you know, there's something to be said for passion, even if they don't have the the art to or the talent to actually do it. But this it just it looks very exciting to me. James Franco directs and also plays Tommy Wiseau. Uh, his brother Dave is playing uh, Greg, who's the lead actor in the film. You also have Seth Rogen, Allison Brie, Zac Efron, Kate Upton, uh, Kristen Bell, Adam Scott, Brian Cranston. Uh, it's it's a huge cast of people. Uh, I think Sharon Stone and uh, um, Melanie Griffith also both pop up. So I, I'm really excited about this one and uh, can't wait. What do you guys think? <laughs> to me, I, I watched that. And, <laughs> and, I, and I think I think you should preface your comments by, by saying if you've actually seen any right, bits of so the rumor. I haven't. <laughs> and to me,
2: watching this, it was awkward, embarrassing, and uncomfortable because to me, it's like the epitome of the Dunning-Kruger effect. You know, where people have this like, people of like low ability suffer from this like perception that they're actually like experts in something because there's so much they don't know that they don't know that they don't know it. And to me, just watching this trailer, I thought, oh my gosh, this is like a textbook case of this. And it's just so, I don't know, I feel like, is this when you're just exploiting somebody for their foolishness? And it it reminded me of some of these (laughs) these documentaries that really bother me where somebody will latch on to like some like extreme like fandom or fringe group and then do a documentary and i think oh it's going to be an interesting you know exploration of this subculture but really no it's just we're parading around these you know people that are social outcasts or have just these extreme ridiculous hobbies or or interests and it's just basically throwing that up on the screen for everybody to see without having any specific of view or take on it and to me i'm curious about this film and i i know it's based on you know the book from one of the guys involved in it so you know it's his experience so there's already sort of a specific point of view but it just looks it's like reminds me of like curb your enthusiasm you you just feel bad watching this but you can't help but watch this thing collapse on itself
1: okay i
2: I agree with most of what Steve said,
1: and i the but the the thing that I worry about this movie is that it becomes a lampoon of itself like part of it part of what will make this movie great is if it stays just serious enough about the making of the movie that the characters and their weirdness is allowed to shine and uh, and, and that you can laugh at the context and not just at the fact that here are a bunch of guys who had so much fun making movies uh that it's funny mostly to them. Do you know what I mean? Um there there are movies that's that these guys have, have made that kind of fall beyond that that category where it's it's funny to them and and not as funny to the mass audience and that's fine and and i i i'm with you andy i think we've we both ended up liking this is the end i'm not sure if it's a movie that we liked because of uh because of the drinks uh <laughs> that went along with the viewing but it it, it was a uh, it was a funny movie it has its moments I'm excited to see this actually because I think the Francos are really clever gents and I I think they I think it's great to see them both sort of in a quote starring role um, and so I'm excited to see it but I'm I am I'm gonna put my inner child under the stairs for this one. <laughs>
0: okay. That's a scary place to store your inner child. Is he Harry Potter?
2: You just lock him in the he, thing? under yeah, the... yeah, my inner child is actually Harry Potter.
1: <laughs> he never made it to Hogwarts. I just keep him under the stairs. It's been seven years. <laughs>
0: well, that's disturbing. Yeah. Uh, well, this one, uh, it's uh, going to be opening limited here December 1st and then wide everywhere December 8th. And it's already it's uh, you know, it's played at a few festivals. I think Australia is where it's hitting first on November 30th uh outside of festivals and then uh then it'll hit the philippines netherlands and spain so those are the other countries (laughs) the philippines (laughs) netherlands and spain (laughs) that have tapped into uh, the joy of this one so i think i think if anybody
1: i mean this is a movie that knows its audience to open in in the (laughs) philippines early
2: (laughs) steve what's your what's your trailer so i'm going with the current war which is the story of thomas edison and george westinghouse and so this is one just you know description of it. I thought, oh, I don't know if this is going to be that interesting. It's just another historical little thing. But then you've got this cast that, that drew me in, and you've got so you've got Benedict Cumberbatch as Thomas Edison. You have uh, Michael Shannon as Westinghouse, and then you also have uh, Tom Holland in there and Nicholas Holt. And Catherine Waterston, I thought, this is a really interesting cast. And then I discovered that the director is Alfonso Gomez-Rion, who directed one of my perfect films, Me and Earl and the Dying Girl. And just watching this trailer, it has a very interesting visual style for a film that's set in the past. There's just a lot of modern, I guess, more contemporary techniques, whereas usually your historical dramas, you're sort of just, you know, traditional framing. You're not doing anything overly stylistic. Because for some reason that wouldn't feel appropriate for old-timey subject matter. So there's just some interesting uh, cinematography to this that sort of drew me in. And I think there's just, it's a fascinating era in our in our nation as we're developing, you know, and discovering electricity and the whole, what type of man is Edison? And that there's even a, at the end of the trailer, teases okay, Tesla. And we know the story behind the conflict between those two. So it's, uh, it's one of those... Interesting stories I want to see to learn a little bit more because it's a part that I think everybody gets in elementary school like, oh, Edison is this great inventor. He did these things to see sort of more detailed take on sort of his connection with Westinghouse, who was, uh, as I understand from the trailer, was involved in like the fuel and gasoline industry, which was now a threat to you know, was threatened by electricity. And so his conversion to partnering with Edison, I'm kind of interested to see how those di- dynamics play out. And as I was mentioning to Andy uh, last night, I said uh, anything with Michael Shannon, and I'm pretty much in for, he always just impresses me and just brings so much to any role. So I'm I'm really interested to see this one. It uh, is coming in January, 2018, which I thought, oh, oh no. Oh. But I saw <laughs> that there is a limited... It's getting some limited release in November, so I don't know if that's the, we're going to put it out in limited like New York and L.A. at the end for make it eligible for Oscar contention and then go wider in January so they don't have to fight, you know, for screen real estate with everything else that's getting crammed into theaters in the holiday season. Or maybe it is going to be a potential disaster. I don't know, but this is one that just I think is an interesting subject matter with a really compelling cast. I almost didn't want to watch the trailer because I thought it was a
1: military movie. I thought it was the current war, <laughs> right? Yeah, and so I. But I, man, I'm I'm with you, Steve. I I love the premise, uh, mostly because uh, I'm really excited about uh, you know any any movie that ties um, universes, cinematic universes to the prestige. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, that's the movie I want to see. Uh, I think it looks great. I think the the cast looks great. I I I think the um, uh, seeing these two guys go sort of tête à tête, I think is going to be fantastic to see on screen. I hope. I deeply, deeply hope it's not a disaster because I think the concept is fantastic and it's just the kind of of movie that that excites me.
0: Yeah, I I agree. It it really got me excited to to see this. This is a story I, I'm always fascinated about Edison. He's a really interesting character in history. And um, I, I love that he's got the field yeah. of light bulbs, just like <laughs> Tesla did in The Prestige. Yeah, totally but Tesla's not. were <laughs> just pushed into the ground.
2: His, I think, are all wired together. You know, Tesla would just, you know, oh, j- yeah. Yeah, he, he, he electrified, electrified electric, the, right. the surface of the earth. so, uh, so <laughs> yeah. even, humanity. Even in
0: cinema, they're trying to <laughs> yes. to battle each other with their ideas, though. I love it. It's it, it, You know, it's a fascinating story. I'm really excited uh, with the cast and, uh, like you said, the director. Um, this is one that I, I really do hope that the November um, limited release that they have is to just kind of get a get a read on the audiences and maybe give it an earlier uh, release rather than the January doldrums. But I guess we'll find out. Regardless, I am curious about this one, so count me in.
1: Uh, okay, so my trailer uh, is The Red Sparrow, a new uh, Jennifer Lawrence movie, uh, Jennifer Lawrence, Joel Edgerton, uh, Matthias Schoonartz, Charlotte Rampling, Mary Louise Parker, and Jeremy Irons, uh, it is a spy thriller. It's based on the book by Francis Lawrence, in which a, a Russian spy uh, falls for in in love for uh, with a, an American um, CIA officer and and struggles with whether or not to be, to become a double agent as a result. And um, did you guys ever read The Charm School by Nelson DeMille?
0: Nope. <sighs> No, nope. ah, it's Sorry. <laughs> so great. I love
1: these kinds of stories. So the Charm School was all about uh, this. This American uh, MBA student is is um, uh, driving a- across the the Russian countryside in the and, and discovers that in in fact there's this secret Russian POW camp where they've captured a whole bunch of Americans and and they make them live in this community, um, and they just put a bunch of Russian spies there in an attempt to Americanize them. Right to to train Russian spies so that you can't so that you can't tell that they're Russians, uh, and this is obviously during the heat of the Cold War, and it is a fantastic story. Uh, the Charm School, Nelson DeMille, everybody should check it out if you're into these spy books. And that has always, um, that book is an anchor for me. It is like sets the bar for these you know Russian espionage stories. And the the trailer for Red Sparrow, even though I they call it an a, a quote official trailer, I call it a a teaser. It's it doesn't give you enough, uh, but I do love the atmosphere that it sets. I actually think uh, Jennifer Lawrence is going to be great. Although I'm curious why they didn't. Uh, um, I, I don't know. I I think there are some Russian actresses that that you know could pull this off. I know they need a they need a name to a certain extent, but I think this could have been a a really fun uh, international uh, exploration uh, in terms of casting for Dominika Egorova. Uh, yeah, I said that. So, you're they're whiter of, washing, of, of wider washing this thing.
2: <laughs>
1: Whoever knew that we would be talking about cultural appropriation <laughs> between Russian spy agency and the Hollywood industrial complex? Uh, this is, but I, I love these kinds of stories and, uh, I, I get very excited. I, I hope it's, uh, I hope it's another one that, uh, um, that we can really enjoy adding to the library. Do you guys, are, are you guys equally intrigued?
0: I definitely am. Uh, Francis Lawrence is a director who's done some films that I really enjoy. Um, I, I think that uh, he, he's done some of like some of the hunger games films. I, I think that he could have done a better job with the last uh, two, but I think that I blame that on the studio for wanting to split it into two halves. Um, but, but you know, I really, I'm in the fan camp for Constantine. I thought he did a really great job with that film. Um, and he clearly has a working relationship with Jennifer Lawrence. So obviously that's, that's why he cast her. Um, I'm curious about this one. My big question is why are we seeing this movie and why are we not seeing Marvel's Black Widow? Because that's exactly what this is. And Marvel, I feel like they, they missed the boat on telling the Black Widow story when I feel like they should have. Because it's it, clearly watching this, it's a compelling uh, opportunity to tell a story like this. And I feel like they've, they've lost that chance now. God, you know what, Andy, that is a great point. I didn't even think about that.
2: Yeah, no, I I saw this and I thought, you know, the same thing Andy did. But I, I, I'm sort of thankful for this version of this type of story because it, I think it in, if we were going to do a Black Widow, it's going to have to live in that Marvel universe. And I think this just from the look of it is going a lot darker because it's not just about you know, spies, it's, it's women that are specifically trained to use their bodies as a weapon. So there's this whole seduction side to it. That's taken us into this R rated territory that, you know, is just Marvel can't, you know, take this type of story there. And I think you would end up with a very sort of watered down version of this type of story in a black widow film. I still hope they do it and they'll have to find a way into that story. But I think watching this film will show whether or not, you know, people are going to show up for this type of movie. And I think even going back to the summer, you know, atomic blonde, there is, you know, aud- there's audiences for these female led action spy thrillers. So I, you know, I think it's interesting. It reminded me of, I, I, I probably need to go back now and just binge watch all of the alias <laughs> again. Uh, you know, um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm on board. I, I actually went online to my public library, put the first book on hold so I can uh, get a chance because I see that there's actually a trilogy. Oh, of interesting. I didn't know of, that. of novels. So so there's this one and then the the third one uh, is being released, interestingly, in uh, February of, of 2018. So I'm sure there'll be all kind of cross ties in marketing to really promote that book and the film coming out and all of those things. So uh, yeah, it's a story that I... Th- now i've got that i got the charm school <laughs> and stuff on the list of things to to read this is so I'm, all, I'm just all in preparation
1: steve for our new spin-off the next page where it's just books yeah, that okay. have been made into movies. Well,
2: after you, know, after, after you know Jack Reacher never go back, I'm never going back to the Jack Reacher series. So this is better. I, I just hope better. I have. Yeah. I, okay. okay. all right. Uh,
1: mine is coming out March 2nd, 2018. So, hey, it's not January. Uh, and uh, there you go. Red Sparrow, be on the lookout. Andy, let's do
0: the list. So our list uh, this week, we're talking about time travel movies, but specifically time travel movies where, you know, it's got just, there's like a little jump. It's it's nothing like world changing potentially. It's just kind of a, a small little jump for the, the characters in, in our immediate story and maybe not necessarily well-planned time jumps. Stuff no, like wait that. a minute. That's not the rule
1: that I read in Slack, Andy. That is a, t- I have broken every rule. None of my movies are subtle time jumps. How did I miss that? I just, I'd forgotten what the rule was. So I went into Slack and it, sa- it said, just wait. It says, I just need reset. Uh preset. Time travel pertinent to their specific situation, not time travel as tourism, vacation, or world event changing time travel. Well, I the world event changing maybe I it's I come on not time travel as vacation. Everybody has a purpose. It's just <laughs> subtle.
0: I, I I don't think I've it's seen a tra- vacation time travel movie actually. Well, maybe what's that sound oh, of yeah. thunder? Oh come on, uh, <laughs> yeah. And what about uh, what was that?
2: Uh, oh the shoot that time the Michael Crichton one where they travel oh, back yeah. to medieval time, times. Uh, oh, that was sort of more as a oh, scholarly goodness. one.
1: Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Time, time, yeah, time nights. Yeah, time, time nights. Time I'm sure it was time nights.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> anyway, it's 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 a really obscure thing. So, you know, I don't think there's any wrong answers on this one. How's oh, that, no, Pete?
1: I got wrong answers. You're going to say every one of my answers are wrong. And even I. this is what's so beautiful. I actually broke the rule of my own misunderstanding of your rule. So it is a meta
0: breakage. Oh, I love it. This is great. Well, then I think you should kick it off, Pete.
1: Well, then, of course, I'm going to go with my most flagrant violation of my own understanding of the rules that I did not understand. Uh, And that is not actually where we're we're violating time, but the effect of time has been broken by taking, by freezing the person and waking them up in a new time. Mm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm. And of course, you know that in the end, it took just one man. John Spartan, the demolition man. That's right. They wake up John Spartan to take on, for a specific purpose... Not as a tourism vacation <laughs> 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 to take on the most violent criminal the future has ever seen Simon Phoenix uh, played by Wesley Snipes demolition man uh, I I have I saw this at just the right time in my life I know a lot of people haven't probably seen this because why would you go back and watch this again if you're gonna watch a time travel movie <laughs> why would you watch this movie again but I had a great time watching this movie and the taco Bell product placement is. Uh, not to be missed. Uh, the this is a movie that's full of fantastic one-liners.
0: <sighs> I could watch this all day long. Demolition Man.
1: There you go. See, it's sort of time travel.
0: I'm I'm in the I've never seen it camp. What? I know. Somehow I missed it. I just never, <laughs> never watching that one. What? Ah, oh, Andy. And w- when you said you're not <laughs> missing anything, you are missing time. Demolition Somebody Man goes to sleep and they wake him say. up later. I thought you were going for idiocracy, but yeah. <laughs> No, that, that also would oh, have been... I thought he was going with Austin Powers. Right? <laughs> also,
1: two great picks. Well done, gentlemen. Thank you for piling on. <laughs> All right,
2: somebody else go. Okay, I've, I've got my three picks, and it turns out the order I put them in, I think it works best to go sort of in reverse chronology, so I'm working my way back in time in my time travel. list. So first off, we're going to start in 2014 with time-lapse. This is a little film I discovered on Netflix and it it really reminded me of that feeling of when you're just browsing the shelves of a video store and you're, you know, all the big titles are gone you're looking for something, you stumble across something in the genre section. You're like, well, this looks really interesting. You take it home and you watch it and you're like, wow, how how do people not know about this film? This was a lot of fun. You know, it it may not be a five-star film, but I really enjoyed it. And and Time Lapse is a story of, of three friends, roommates, they discover that their neighbor across the street has uh, invented a machine that takes pictures a day into the future. And so now they have an idea of what's coming. So the time travel is sort of viewing what's going to happen in the future and trying to then use that for their personal gain. But of course, whenever you monkey around with time travel, the consequences are going to, you know, come back and haunt you in catastrophic, horrible, you know, things are going to happen when you are trying to profit from, you know, the abuse of science.
0: Didn't we talk about this trailer, Pete? Because it sounds so familiar to me. Is this the one where like he, his friend takes a picture of him at his birthday party, and then he sees himself in the background of the photo or something? Or is that am I thinking a different no, movie? No,
2: that's that's uh, no no that was uh, Project Oh, oh that's right. Project Almanac. That's what that was the, with yeah, the teens. No, right. This okay. is just yeah. This is just uh it's a it's a big camera, and it uh, basically something happens. They go over to his his apartment to make sure he's okay, and they see on the wall just all these like Polaroids. With dates on them, and they see things that are happening, and they get to the end, and they're like, well, this hasn't happened yet. And so then, when those events happen, they're like, wait, this is exactly what happened in the photo. And it does, uh, so it's one of these, you know, small films, not a lot of recognizable faces. It does have- Daniel Panabaker's in it. I was going to say, Daniel Panabaker, for those of you that are big fans of, you know, the DC universe on on television, so- it's, uh, it's just a, a lot of fun, but it, it gets into that idea of time travel without them actually moving through time, but seeing what the potential future is.
0: Cool. That's on the list. That's awesome. Well, my first choice is uh, it's it's a uh, and I guess this is the the direction I was thinking of with this particular list, but I, I don't think I ever described the the list very well. So anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Throw it all out now. Let's just do it. Yeah. So, whatever it is. My first one is Back to the Future, which is just one of the most brilliant time travel movies ever made. And, uh, but specifically, I'm picking it because there's a moment at the end where, where Marty is really distraught that, that, uh, that Doc is going to die. And he's like, wait a minute. What am I thinking? I've got all the time in the world, and he changes his you know his settings back just enough where it's like it's it's like he could have gone back even further to help Doc in a better way, but no, he goes back just enough to where it's it's kind of a nonsensical point to go back, <laughs> and Doc still gets shot. Luckily, Doc had gotten his note and all that, but still, it's just one of those things where I'm like, ugh, you know. <laughs> purely they they missed the the they, he missed the whole thing you've got all the time in the world but I'm still not gonna give myself enough time <laughs> okay I I guess I get it I guess I get it uh and I still screwed it up that's okay I think I'm, right. I'm gonna be breaking my own rules here soon all right
1: my second trailer asks the question trailer? what your second trailer yeah you know, you know I, I'm living in the past Andy <laughs> My second film on the list poses the question to which I hope you both know the answer: Who was Joan of Arc? Come on, you guys! Seriously, everybody knows it was Noah's oh, wife. D- That's right. The best time oh. travel movie in history oh. because it has a specific no. purpose. <laughs> they are <laughs> they are gathering together uh, the the world's great historical figures to support them in the writing of their book report. This is, of course, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Yeah, I did that. I went there. I actually think, as a time travel movie, this is one of the most fun because it is uh, it it knows exactly what it is, and most importantly, exactly what is it it is not. Uh, and uh, it's goofy. And again, like De- Demolition Man, why would you go back and watch this movie?
0: Because you know, why not? It's because it's a brilliant film, Pete. That's why. That's exactly why. <laughs> that was close to being on my list for the very specific moment where they're in the in the cell, and it's like, oh, what if we just we'll go we'll we'll put that we'll go we have to remind ourselves we're going to get the key and we'll put it right here, and then they reach over and the keys there. It's like cool,
1: <laughs> exactly. You see how good that time travel is. That's, That's brilliant. One of the
0: best uses of time travel ever. Cool. <laughs> oh, <my goodness>.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's it bill and ted low-hanging fruit but not uh, as I, not quite as low-hanging uh, as back to the future super that was almost on my feed. list but super, yes, tasty. Yeah. super tasty
2: non-bogus <laughs> oh my goodness okay <laughs> so interesting concept of a good time travel movie i guess uh i'm gonna go to 2007 which I think really took Andy's rules into mind and the, the constraints that this movie's working on. This is Time Crimes from Nacho Vigalondo, who uh, directed 2016's Colossal, which I highly recommend if you haven't seen that. It's not a, that one's not a time travel movie, but Time Crimes is interesting because it's set in a time loop, really like over several hours in one day. And so you've got a man who sees some things happen, ends up getting lured into a time machine. And interacting with himself through this time loop. So I don't want to get too spoilery about it, but it's that idea of that is played around with In Back to the Future 2, where you've you're seeing events from now a different point of view at a different point in time. So you start to understand the causes of the things that happen the first part of the loop you see. So it's, uh, what I really like about it is it's a sci-fi film without any like special effects at all. It's just a straightforward story of a guy trying to you know, like get through a Saturday afternoon. And uh, it's just the way it wraps time travel into this little loop is just, was just extremely entertaining and fun.
0: That has been on my list to watch forever. And uh, I'm, I've heard nothing but good things. So I'm very excited to see that one sometime soon. That's on my list too, man. You got you. You did. You had great picks. I'm yeah, yeah. smart. Yeah, of choices. course, my
1: my best my first pick is my best pick. So here we go, <laughs> Andy. What's yours?
0: Well, <laughs> in 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 loose connection to our Star Trek series, my next one is of course Galaxy Quest, which is I guess you could call it an unofficial Star Trek film. I think actually uh, Nick over in our Slack Slack group might have said that. Okay. Um, it, it is such a fantastic, um, you know, parody. Of Star Trek at the same time, it's a brilliant homage to Star Trek. I think it's just it's such a cleverly done film. And of course, they've got this device that they it was the big, uh, you know, season finale of the of this of the show of the season. Um, and then they never got the next season and and nobody knew what this device was the Omega 13. And so these these aliens invented it, and even even Tim Allen's character, uh, the lead, doesn't know what this thing is, and he pushes it. And what it does is it resets you 13 seconds, and you have to you know fix everything in that 13 seconds that you have. It's such a it's such a silly amount of time to go back and fix things, but. Uh, <laughs> luckily it works for these guys
1: so that's my next pick well obviously that's a great pick and shout out to dennis vance who also pointed out uh, that connection in a a recent uh, comment over on youtube Uh, and dennis has has written uh, some fantastic uh, long uh, reviews of these movies in response to all of our star trek uh, commentary over on youtube so uh, definitely check that out plug nice oh is it my turn now it's look, your at, turn. look at me, my number one pick. I've mentioned it on the show. I know it's a guilty pleasure of mine. I have seen it. Uh, I haven't seen it in some years, but I have great memories of it. Therefore, I will not violate those memories by watching it again. And it ties beautifully <laughs> into setup. our recent Star Trek <laughs> films. That's right. Malcolm McDowell and David Warner in a movie together. Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. Yes, you do. Oh, yeah. Time after time in which HG Wells actually builds the time machine and goes travels through time to capture David Warner's Jack the Ripper. It is both ridiculous and brilliant in concept and it is brilliant enough I should say that they're remaking it or maybe have remade it. Either way I haven't seen it, but the trailer's out there for a 2017
0: Oh, interesting. time after time, yeah. Well, here's a question for you Pete. Does Malcolm McDowell, in a movie called Time After Time, say time as much as he does in Star Trek Generations?
1: <laughs> no, he does not. He does not say it. as <laughs> He does
0: not. Uh, every other line. We've got to get him to say time again.
1: He, uh, <laughs> he did not even in a movie actually about time travel does he say it. You will not be as drunk watching this movie.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, Steve, Steve, what's your last one? Okay so
2: to clarify The Time After Time in 2017 is actually a TV series Oh it is Which yes I don't know how you just keep that going because I No at one point you're I, done I, yeah at one point you yeah, finish exa- it Yeah exactly <laughs> Yeah I I don't know cuz I yeah I I I remember seeing like Time After Time like on TV when I was like 9 or 10 or something like that and yeah, I had a good time with it, but I'm in the same camp as you. I don't know that I want to revisit it because I have such fond memories of of that film. What's so funny is that uh,
1: like you look at it and just watching the trailer for it again this morning, yeah. it looks so much uh, like a a bad episode uh, of the Rockford Files. You know what yes. I mean? Like,
2: oh yeah. <laughs> yes. So so I'm going to I'm going to just go to what I think is the ultimate time travel movie, 2004's Primer. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. In terms of, you know, using time travel for your own benefit, you've got guys that sort of invent a time machine in their garage, and they start off by using it to just play the stock market. And then, of course, things, you know, explode from there. And what I love about this is, it, I guess, sort of like Bill and Ted, they don't bother to take time to explain rules about time travel. It just happens. There's a lot of questions unanswered about certain characters and the, the uh, sort of side effects of of time travel but it's one that uh your initial viewing will break your mind and then repeated viewing you start to actually understand what's going on in this film but to me it was just again the a great sci-fi film that doesn't depend on special effects it's really character based on the conflict between two guys and their sort of battle with how do you use this uh discovery that they've made and what is their one of their responsibilities?
0: Fantastic film. Yeah. Uh, really interesting sci-fi uh, story. I really like that movie. So uh, great choice. And I and love that I, they I love that they're there. Uh, the time machine itself
1: is like crawl in a box. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's So good. Yeah, they
2: Go to sleep. Here's some with, cardboard yeah. and PVC pipe and put it in a storage unit. And just <laughs> when you,
1: no. you now it's going to feel like you go to sleep. And when you wake up, it'll be tomorrow. <laughs> Wait <Yeah>. a minute. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Magic how that works. (laughs) Well, my final choice, gents, um, is another, I mean, it's it's great use of of time travel in the film, but the design of it in context of the film is uh, done for a very silly purpose. And that is in Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban uh, from the book and then the 2004 film. Why is it uh, silly? Because Hermione uses it to do extra homework, take extra (laughs) classes. That's why this is on my list. It's one of the most silly uses. And it makes sense for Hermione's character. But that is uh, just the most absurd reason to start jumping into time travel. (laughs) Because I want to take extra classes, do more homework. And better myself. She'd be perfect in the Star Trek universe, Pete. Totally, be, she is here so, to better herself. And yes, no so, Andy. All your pics are about people that
2: you have time travel and just have like really poor decisions about it. Exactly. Like, Marty can't doesn't give himself enough time. <laughs> Hermione could go back and kill Voldemort, but no, I'm just going to do homework. And then Galaxy Quest. Uh, 13 seconds. Yeah. What What can you do in 13 exactly. seconds? <laughs> I love it.
1: That's brilliant. I'm. I am so. Bar- so I'm curious, you guys. Just a quick kind of rapid fire. What are the movies that are, are like four and five on your list? Because I ended up with X Men: Days of Future Past, uh, and Looper. But I, I hacked Looper because uh, we've talked about it on the show.
0: Well, I had Bill and Ted was was on my list okay. too, but um, it was kind of a little farther down. But it was uh, it was one I was considering throwing in there if somebody else picked one of my first choices.
1: Fascinating. Steve any any
2: cuts that didn't make your list or did you just come up with your top 3 and you knew knew in your heart Yeah I, that yeah well I didn't decide to like after watching Brazil last night whether I was <laughs> put a list together so I just said what are my three favorites what are the really strong ones so I hadn't had time mm-hmm. I I mean things like you back to the a future needed time to go back You go. did yes, you I, I did I needed more time for my homework but I just try I tried to f- think about those rules and it was just I thought Interesting that for me, my top three picks—the ones that I think are my absolute favorite time travel movies—sort of fall into that realm of like the small personal story.
1: Well, and you listen to the rules.
0: Well, (laughs) so there is that. The rules were so poorly constructed this time. I I don't. I think that they all—all the movies counted. (laughs) Uh, So that rules where we're
2: going. We we don't don't need need rules.
1: So that begs a question, what are we doing
0: next week? Now, we're, well, what is the movie? It's <laughs> another time travel movie. It is. Star Trek First Contact. I was I was vying for, uh, you know, the uh, movies about First Contact, but I'm not sure if that's uh, what we were thinking we wanted to do. Or, well, because or then we, we discovered cool that eyewear? it was all going to be about cool <laughs> eyewear. <laughs> movies with
1: cool eyewear. Uh,
0: I don't know. Uh, so
1: there, there are lots of First Contacts. We,
0: we have... Yeah. And I would say I would relegate it to first contact on Earth, where Earthlings, you know, discover aliens for the first time. Does it
2: have to be aliens, or could it
0: be? A, could it be a new country? an indigenous peoples? Yeah. Uh, oh. You you mean like the littles? <laughs> 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 yes, exactly. I I want
2: to make sure we get the littles please, on our list. Yes, that's
0: all Steve we'll is call trying it
1: to do. The littles list. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Well, I actually I'm actually okay with with first contacts. I, though I do think we should we should nail that down. Uh, is it
0: or is is uh, you know Pocahontas allowed? That's an interesting question. I I feel like it's aliens coming to Earth. Okay. Okay. All right. So, best first
1: contact wow. aliens coming to Earth. Are there movies we should discount immediately? Like, we're not allowed to say because they're too easy. Uh, like, I know there's going to... Somewhere in the middle
0: of the week, there's going to be a rule that yeah. I'm eventually going to, to not <laughs> obey. Well, I think we should just leave Independence Day off okay. the list because just because of its quality, but... <laughs> We'll call it the Pro Littles Anti Independence <laughs> day, uh, day Alien uh, Meeting the Aliens List. <laughs> I say good day, sir.
1: Good day. <laughs> okay. All right. So it's best first contact
2: with alien civilizations
1: on Earth movies.
2: Yes. All right. They come to us. He'll, he'll add the rule that it's limited to like the Northern Hemisphere, and then it'll be like you made know, by A24. Like, well, and, It's got to be Montana. Yeah, and, <laughs> it's got to be set in Montana. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay this is going to be a long list uh well uh thank you everybody for downloading and listening to uh, new patreon uh supporters thank you so much for for joining the the club uh we sure appreciate it and uh we you're hope here. That, that yeah we hope yeah. You, you hope you get maybe a laugh out of this weekend show while you're doing the dishes again this is dishwashing podcasting uh right here this saturday matinee thank you everybody steve andy have a great weekend guys You too you too Andy, according to my friend Internet, this is what Letterboxd is. Letterboxd is a global social network for grassroots film discussion and discovery. Use it as a diary to record and share your opinion about films as you watch them or just keep track of films you've seen in the past. Showcase your favorites on your profile page. That is a lot. You bet it is. That's why I want you to tell our fair listeners just one thing you do with Letterboxd that has changed the way you watch movies. Let them have it.
0: Okay, are you ready for this? So ready. I love lists. As of today, I have 246 lists in my account.